Hello and welcome to Life Beyond the Numbers, the podcast for people who are curious about how to have a more fulfilling work life. We live in a world largely driven by numbers, logic and reason. But how we feel at work and about our work impacts us, our organisations and society. There is a relationship between the numbers of our organisations and the life beyond the numbers. I'm Susan Michrielon, your host. I've lived and worked in many countries. I've met people who love what they do and people who don't. People who bring their full selves to work and people who won't. But one thing that I've learned that is common to us all is that we are all unique and have unique experiences. And it's helpful to know that there are others who think like we do, or have had struggles too, or have gone where we want to go, or can show us things we didn't know. So join me and my guests as we place a lens on the human side of work life by sharing insights, stories and strategies to inspire you to let your uniqueness shine. Well, today I am delighted to be joined by Kelly Lucas on Life Beyond the Numbers. Kelly, you're so welcome. I'm so thrilled to be here and I cannot wait to have this conversation with you. We almost forgot to press record, so we are well warmed up and we will try and bring you with us as we get going. And I'm just looking at Kelly laughing at me across the screen now. However... That's a great start to any conversation. Kelly, encouraging better business for global good. I mean, this is a sentiment that I just love. But what does it mean? Oh, what does it mean? It's such a wide topic, isn't it? I will try and be succinct, but it's not my strong point. So let's see where we end up with this. And please feel free to jump in at any point. So encouraging better business for global good. I guess through my life, I have had um, a lot of professional experience. I ended up landing in financial services and financial accounts when I left school. So I had a very formal professional experience at a time when work was also very formal and professional and you kind of felt that that was the way life had to be you had to pick a career you had to stick at that career you had to be formal and professional and you had to achieve certain things in your life in order to be deemed a success I have always, however, been very mindful of other people, always wanted to support other people ever since the school playground. I was always the one looking after the people who were a bit alone or a bit different from others, just so that they had someone to talk to. But it took me a long time to realise that we should be doing the two of these things together and can be doing the two of these things together. Not only that, but every business, every profession is made up of people. So we should be looking after the people in order to look after the business. And I think taking it that extra level, doing better business for global good, is that if we move the needle back from extreme capitalism, which is where I feel we are, into a more balanced world, we will move from that 
division and greed and selfishness that is being massively steered by the politics and the media and everything else. And we will rebalance that back into a world where we remember that we're human. We remember that we thrive on connection and supporting each other and being part of a community. And if we can experience that in our working life, which takes up far too much of our days, that is our biggest lived experience. If we have a much more community-led, a much more supportive world in our work life, we can take that beyond our work life and start reaching out to our local communities, our global communities, and all coming together in order to work towards solutions for our social challenges around the world, like supporting the UN's sustainable development goals. So that's my bringing together basically humanity into work, life, personal and social responsibility, really. I'm so glad I was recording this because I (laughs) will want to go back and listen to that answer again, because there's an awful lot in it to unpack. But maybe the thing that stood out most as you talked was the words you used, like more balanced world, division, greed and selfishness. Is there an antidote to those things, Kelly? Like, where do we start? Because it's almost like I feel the people I talk to and the articles I read, a lot of them are saying, aligning exactly with what you're saying and what I would believe in too. And yet the division seems to be growing. Oh, that's... (laughs) That, that's a hard one. And actually, the first thing I thought of when you said antidote, because we think of antidote as an immediate fix, right? You think about somebody is injected with venom, you put an antidote and they recover. And so I think the antidote is what I said in that intro is it is about reminding people that we are all humans. We are all people. We need that connection. It is not a quick fix. The encouraging thing I do find, much like you were saying there about you read a lot of stuff. So the the research is is happening now. There is research out there. There's data out there to prove to those people who are not necessarily people led or empathetically led. They have been sold into and totally buy into this extreme capitalist world. There is data out there now to evidence the fact that if you look after your people first, that is the most powerful and impactful way to drive your revenue, your profit to the realms of the success that you want to achieve. So the antidote is not immediate, but I think it will be effective. And I think we all need to take note and do what we can in our realm so that it ripples out and takes more effect. And I believe if there is a lot of that going on, there are many more individuals and therefore organisations, because organisations are made up of people. So there are a lot of individuals at all levels of organisations who are promoting this people-first approach to business and bringing in the evidence to show those more profit-led people that if you want to look after your profit, then you need to look after your people first for a bunch of reasons. People are becoming 
at the at the field level, people are becoming more aware that they can have purpose driven lives. And in fact, I was talking to one of my mentees this morning, and she is in this world of enjoy my job but I, I'm not making the impact in the world I want to do more and I'm looking at organizations that have a real impactful purpose something that's going to do good in the world as well as making a success of the people in the organization and we can do that so if you don't look after your people they are starting to walk away they are starting to found their own companies drive their own businesses do all sorts of things because purpose and culture is of paramount importance to them and I think that's really encouraging to see I get your point about the fact that globally we feel like we are in a crazy insane world and it just seems to be getting worse but I think if we if we come up from the ground from all those individual companies and individual people then we can topple the balance back the other way I I hope I get to see that in my lifetime. I hope so too. I'm not convinced, but I think every every movement towards it is encouraging for me and motivating for me. And I agree. And there definitely has been massive change. I mean, I'm sure I joined the workforce in and around the same time as yourself, Kelly. And yeah. the world of work has changed utterly, I would mm-hmm. say, in that time. Oh, yes. In certain areas, it is unrecognisable in a good way. In a good way. And there are still some habits. And of course, habits that become ingrained are often the ones that are harder to shift. And also, I suppose it is people we're talking about too here. And we we have to take personal responsibility for yeah. how we show up in our workplaces as well. And while we might think that we are the best leader or the best manager or the best whatever, it would be really good to understand what we mean by that too. It's not just what we think, is it? Yeah, absolutely. That's part of the reason I have my podcast, Inspiring Future Leaders, because it is about exploring what success looks like and what good looks like and what positive behavior looks like because we all have a different perspective and a different experience and there is no one right answer as with everything there's again going back to that word balance I believe balance is key and I think it depends on the group of individuals that you have around you what you're trying to achieve what success looks like for you as a group of individuals and for me the most important thing about being in any team whether you're what we call an individual contributor or whether you're a formal leader by the way the point of inspiring future leaders is that we're all leaders not doesn't have to be and actually quite often isn't the person who has got the the formal role job title of being the leader but one of the most important qualities i think is being open and being flexible it's about listening to those around you and about remembering that a team an organization have whatever size of team it is it's about people coming together making connections bringing their strengths into the mix and being allowed to be the as powerful and as genuine and as authentic as they can be to make the biggest impact that they want to make and can make and are able to make on the success vision that that combined group of individuals has. So I think it's about 
yeah, always being open to learning and to hearing and to supporting others rather than the construct that we've mostly been taught to believe over the years, which is a leader has to have all of the answers. A leader has to dictate what's going to happen. A leader has to know what the route and the path is. A leader actually has to get out of the way and help those around them bring their strengths and skills to the situation so that collectively, again, all about balance, bringing everything together collectively to make the most powerful impact a group of individuals can make. You know, they say it's about the total is greater than the sum of the parts, right? And that is what's really powerful to remember, I I believe. I believe that too. And as you're talking, I'm wondering if there is just a generational, not even construct, but having said that we come from a similar generation, we started work around the same time. Now we've both stepped out of the day-to-day workforce to start our own thing, presumably for similar reasons. And we just talked about that. And if you and I hadn't done that, Kelly, and this is a big if, right? <laughs> but if you and I hadn't done that and we were still in our day-to-day work, would we feel the same way? Or would we have just been institutionalized and kept going? And I suppose what I'm getting at is, is it too late for people like us who never stepped outside, who bought into everything they've been told, who may be questioning things. But is it too late to change? I think if you've got that curiosity and that question, then it's never too late. If you think about it, again, I have a a real fascination with society constructs because having stepped out of what is a society construct of the traditional career, I I'm looking from the outside in and I can see all of the experiences I've had and the things that made me who I am. So I am thankful to all of the experiences I've had because it has helped me understand how we get to the places we get to and conversely, how we move on from that, how we break free from that and how we create something more helpful and more healthy because A lot of society constructs are really unhealthy. Like I was saying, you have to start a career and stick with that career. And you have to have a nice house and a spouse and children and a car and nice holidays in order to be successful. But we all need different things from life. And what's really important is to think about us. What do I need from this world? What will make me the most joyful, the most motivated, the most fulfilled and therefore the most powerful to do the things that are valuable in life for me and for others? And one of the constructs is that as we get older, we get less valuable. And that is I'm sorry, unequivocally untrue, because as we go through life, we learn more, we experience more, we get to understand ourselves more, we get to understand others more, we get to support others more in a much more deep and meaningful way. And I believe we can do that at any age, because again, we're all different. So there are people who have, as we say, wisdom beyond their years from a much earlier age. So I believe all ages should be given equal power and and value 
Uh, and so back to your question about is it too late? It's never too late because, you know, we've all still got many years ahead of us. Doesn't matter how many years those are. We still have years ahead of us where we can make a difference to ourselves and to others. So if you've got the question and if you've got the curiosity, then search people out in areas that are meaningful to you. You don't need to learn everything. What is important to you? When I landed in customer success a number of years ago, I had no idea what it was. Turns out it was my professional spiritual home at that time because it was about creating partnerships with others, understanding what their vision of success looked like and helping them to get there. And what I did was went out and found as many people as I could who had the same professional field and the same interests and and built up a better understanding and perspective of what the field was and how I could drive that forwards. So find the things that motivate you, find the things that you're passionate about, and then go and find similar people, go and find the books and the resources and the research that help back up your view of that and go out there and, and do it in your own way. We are most powerful when we are being our genuine, authentic selves and living by the society constructs forced on us allows almost no one to live their authentic, genuine self. And so say all of us. <laughs> like, absolutely. <laughs> and I feel like I rendered you speechless then. <laughs> not quite. No, not quite. Oh, my gosh. You'd have to go a long way before you do that, Kelly Lucas. <laughs> or anyone else. So this is the question I often ask people is, how do you become aware of whether or not you're aware? And the way I'm going to say it to you is actually... How do I become aware that I'm living in a societal construct that I don't have to live in if everyone around me is? And it's all I know as such. But I haven't really cottoned on that there are options out there. That's a really hard conundrum. And I would say if anyone's listening to this conversation, then they are aware that they're aware and they are looking and hearing that there are options. Even if they stumble across this conversation, then by listening to this conversation, they will become aware that there are options if they weren't aware previously. Anyone else who is already listening to this, they've sought, they have searched this out for themselves, then they know that they want something different. And I do believe that I mean, there are people in the world who fit the society constructs. Those constructs were created by somebody. And for some people, they like living in boxes. They like being shown where the boundaries are and they like to keep within those boundaries. And that's fine. As I said earlier, there are many types of people. We are all unique individuals. And for some, those rules and boundaries will work. And that's fine. If they live that life and they are comfortable in that life and they enjoy success, whatever that looks like, even if they don't know that they're defining it themselves, if they are happy in that life and they are motivated in that life, then that's good for them. However, there are many more of us who fit in lots of different worlds. We all want slightly different things. And I think if you're not comfortable 
in those boundaries that have been constructed for you, I think you feel it. I think you just feel that something's not quite right. If you've ever asked yourself, is this really all there is to life? What's the point in this? Then you've got that curiosity. You're going to start looking for other ideas or opportunities or options. And the great thing, I mean, there are lots of bad things about the advanced technology that we have in the world today. We are, unfortunately, I think, connected to a point of disconnection. On the flip side, we are in a world where we are connected globally. Back in the day before the internet, if there are people old enough here listening to this to to recognize that world. It did exist once, the world without the internet. It was really hard to find different pieces of information and to understand that there were people out there doing things slightly different to what had been defined as the norm. Whereas now there's lots of information, there's lots of podcasts, there's lots of online publications. All of the social media has got lots of people doing and showing that they're doing different things. So I think it's it's easier to become aware, but also to remember that if you like those boundaries, that's okay too. Absolutely. Like you say, there's something for everyone, isn't there? So if I'm in a workplace and actually we believe that we have a customer focused philosophy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I feel like I know where you're going with this. Yep. Go on. Do we and how do we know? I think it's really easy to know actually and sadly there are many organizations out there that say they're customer focused and clearly are not very briefly I know I haven't been brief in any of my answers that's me I'll try to do this briefly now that I've said I'm going to if the customer perspective is brought into every conversation and every decision then you work in a customer focused environment And that is basically it. I could go into details, but that's basically it. If you're still talking about the impact that any decision is going to have on the business and internal stakeholders, then you're not customer focused. It's really that simple. Well, (laughs) if you're going to ask me if it's that simple, I'm going to say no, because everything depends there. Like we've said, we're all individuals. So there are there's, you know, so many permutations of every single situation so it's not that simple everything is on a scale everything's on a spectrum so in an ideal world if you are truly customer focused and truly customer obsessed then the customer perspective will come into every conversation every decision every communication it will be that simple much like we talk about if your measure of success is revenue and profit and you want to maximize that, then you need to look after your people because your people drive your business. Customers are also made up of people. So a customer obsessed, a customer focused organization, business team just needs to be people obsessed. And that's people at your customers. That's people in your teams. It's people in your business. It's just people everywhere. Profit really does come down to people because without people, you have no business. People make up customers. So without those people being satisfied, you have no customers. Without customers, you have no profit. 
And without your people internally loving what they do, loving your business and loving your platform, your service, whatever it is your business offers your customers, then your customers aren't going to want to buy from you. Your people are the first view of whether you're a decent company or not. So it all comes back to people. Profit comes back to people. Oh, completely. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because we segment businesses into whether they're selling B2B, so business to business, or B2C, business to customer. But actually, when you think about it, even if you're selling business to business, it is still people selling to people. And it shouldn't matter. No, absolutely not. And in actual fact, I have worked at businesses where on that scale of whether we were customer focused, we were a good a good way along it. I wouldn't say we were totally customer obsessed. I was and people in the customer teams were. But as a business, we had some work to do, as many businesses do. But one of the things that we did quite a lot of thought leadership back in those days, even. And one of our messages was, it's not B2B, it's not B2C, it's H2H, it's human to human, it's P2P, it's people to people, because, you know, and salespeople ought to know this, they don't act like they know it quite a lot of the time. But you are working with individuals, you may be working with a number of them at a prospect, but you are working with individuals in order to understand what drives them, what motivates them, what will get them to say yes to you. And that's the same with every team, with every interaction. The customer journey starts from the very first conversation and keeps going even after they've left you because they might come back to you. But it's all about people. It's all about relationships. And again, that's what the world drives on and that's because we're humans and as humans we crave connection we crave community we crave belonging and this is something really important is that you don't need to conform in order to belong which is what the society construct relies on is this need to belong makes us feel that we have to conform to the society constructs and the norm in inverted commas, of what is expected of us. But actually, when we're our own individual unique selves, we are the most powerful. So remembering that it comes back to the individual people, that's what actually makes a company ultimately become customer obsessed. And there is a huge shift at the moment. I say huge. In the circle the time connected to there is a huge shift in thinking from being customer success to being people successed because if you look after your individual people as well as the people in your customers whether that's b2b or b2c then you are going to be the most successful and impactful that you can be which just makes so much sense doesn't it kelly and i think so and it's also like it whilst you're talking i'm just imagining a platform where everybody on the platform is a person and that that's what we're actually thinking about. We're not thinking about what's their role or how are they showing up today or anything. We're just saying these are all people and how we reach people and treat people properly is, is this. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, when you talked about that people on a platform, originally I thought of a train station platform, but then if you're talking about a technology platform, that is part of the problem, isn't it? And again, balance comes into my mind because technology is incredible. The, the innovations, the advances, the things that we can be doing today, 
like this, having a conversation over a video call rather than having to organize getting face to face in some way is incredible. I love technology. It's great. However, we are, we've got to a point where we only ever think in terms of technology. So you were talking about people on a platform. We should be thinking of them as people, but we don't. We think of them as users. We encourage them to have avatars. Why don't we encourage them just to have their own voice and their own face and be their own person. It is about we put them into boxes. We don't think of them as individuals. Even with marketing and sales processes, it's your ideal customer profile. We're still trying to box them up. And I get that from a perspective of making sure that you have structure and processes that allow your business to be efficient and effective, but you still need to bring that personality, that human element into everything so that you don't fall into that trap of treating everything like technology and automatums so that we forget that human element. I don't care how far we get technologically, it is all still going to be driven by humans for humans. So let's bring or maintain, you know, if you've got an organization where you have got a human element, congratulations and make sure you maintain that. And in other organizations, bring humanity back into business because it's going to be the best way to keep things going in the future. What is our obsession with technological advancement about then? In a way, it's about to carve out our market share, I guess. And it's chasing profit. It is chasing profit. So is there going to be, oh, it's very 1984-ish or whatever, but is there going to be some sort of revolution at some point, Kelly? Because I don't see that development or that focus changing anytime soon. I really don't. I can see both and I can see a focus on people becoming more important again and bringing the humanity back in, as you say. But technology ain't going to stop. No, I I don't think it's going to stop. And I'm not sure that it should stop. As I say, you know, I've worked in technology for decades and I I love the innovation. I love the creativity. It's, It's an incredibly interesting field. And I think generally there are obviously the individuals, the people, taking it back to people again, the people coming up with the innovations and the real creative people aren't chasing profit. They're being paid and funded by people who are chasing profit. But those people, those individuals, that's their life's journey. That's their life's purpose is to be as creative and as innovative and make the most powerful and impactful use of the resources around them. And that's incredible, right? That that deserves recognition and celebration. It's the people who are funding that and the uses that they find for that innovation that is is chasing the profits so again i guess coming back to balance looking at the global vision of things which is something i am concerned about making sure that we bring everyone along with us rather than expanding the gap that exists between the incredibly rich and the incredibly poor that gap is getting wider and i think it's a balance of all of the elements we've talked about today 
So people like us and the people in the world who already exist like us, working to make sure that we don't forget the humanity or rather bring it back in because we've already forgotten about it largely. I do believe there is a groundswell of support for that. I I hear a lot of it. I appreciate echo chambers do exist, but I'm also okay with that because if I know that there are a lot of people out there who, who work in the same way as I do, then I know there's a lot of opportunities out there for people to work in those environments. And that is us doing our bit to make sure that humanity comes along for the ride, as well as the extreme profit seekers and who are enabled by these incredible creative individuals who who make our lives better as well as driving forward the profit. So, you know, everything in life is balance. Nature is a balancing act. Humanity is a balancing act. And I think that's where we are. And the fact that at least there is a growing number of people reminding ourselves that technology and profit are not the only parts of the equation humanity people are absolutely part of that equation too and we need to elevate that and make sure that it is amplified and taken notice of yes now you mentioned your podcast the inspiring future leaders podcast kelly but you've also written a book i have yes yes it's called the customer success pioneer mostly focused on the customer success profession and field but actually I've also always felt much like I talked about here it all does come down to people success so the the elements in in customer success so the foundational principles for me that is about doing better business for global good if we all in embraced the customer customer success the people success principles in our ways of working in our businesses, then that would help us move towards this world where we can be doing better business, which creates more balanced viewpoints so that we can be more community focused. And in fact, I'm recording an episode this afternoon with a lady who works for an organization who have really implemented social programs into their organization and they are a human first people-led organization so they're kind of case study for this way of being in the working world you know they are making profit but they are also making a difference which is I mean it's so possible that's the other thing isn't it absolutely yeah it really is and it does all come back to people because whether you're a person, well, obviously you're a person listening to this, but people listening to this are people in organizations. It's people that affect change and people who make the difference. And it's easy to think in a world of seven billion that one person can't make a difference. However, if you look back on history, there are lots of one people, <laughs> one person who made differences, good and bad. And there are plenty of them around at the moment that you can single out as well. So I do think individuals, people make a difference. And if there's something you really believe in, go get it. Yeah. And and also, in addition to that, you have those iconic individuals who have made a real impact in history. But every single person has an impact on a daily basis. And there is a ripple effect. So again, if you've got the curiosity, you go and find out the research. So somebody will come and listen to this podcast. So 
we have had an impact without knowing it on the people that are listening and the people who are listening will talk about the conversation to somebody else and that ripples out. So the other thing to remember is it's not one person can't make a difference. It's, oh, that person is making a difference, but I'm not. We're all making a difference every single day. And if we make, as you say, a conscious choice to keep taking the steps and keep having the little impacts, then they grow exponentially into a big impact. Being part of a movement is as important as being that one iconic person. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Brilliant. Kelly, we didn't get to half the things we were going to talk about. The time absolutely disappeared, but I'm sure you're going to be back again. I have a feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would be more than happy to. I love talking with you, Susan. Yeah, I know that was a great conversation. Thank you so much. Now, if anyone would like to know more, how to get in contact with you and all of that, Kelly, what's the best way to do that? As with many people, LinkedIn, I'm very accessible on there, Kelly Lucas, and I'm always open to people connecting, people asking for calls. I'm happy to chat about anything that is on your mind, really. Other than that, obviously, there's the book, The Customer Success Pioneer. There's the podcast, which is called Inspiring Future Leaders Podcast. I've got two business pages on LinkedIn as well, The Customer Success pioneer and inspiring future leaders so just find me happy to talk to anyone brilliant and i'll put links to all of those in the show notes as well lovely thank you so kelly thank you so much and have a wonderful rest of your day thank you so much i've really enjoyed it thanks for having me on you're welcome thank you so much for listening i hope you've enjoyed the paths we traversed on today's episode if something rang through for you be sure to let me know. Or maybe you can share this with someone in your life who would benefit from listening too. And if you enjoy helping others, I'd be so grateful if you would leave a review so that people who might also be curious about their own life beyond the numbers can discover this podcast too.